that, they came here in order to... Oh, hold on. I wasn't recording. You need me to go through that entire thing again. Well, yeah, it's a lot to take in, and I still don't quite believe it myself, and, ah, you know, documentation purposes. B believe it yourself. Holloway, you're the one who said multiple times on record that you're the only one who does believe what's going on right now. I know, it's just... It's a lot. <sighs> Fine. Just... Is it going now? Uh, yeah, just start again from where you did last time. Okay, we'll start from what you know, right? Generations ago, the southern states were home to the several different indigenous tribes. The Yaqui, Yuma, Navajo, etc. Eventually, though, they were forced by the government to relocate to reservations and camps designated for them to live on at the land that used to be theirs. Yeah, but the Navajo were nomads, and there were some splinter groups that wandered off. One of which you already know, the band of zealots known as the Yinabalushi, ones who would collect various animal skins for rituals and practices that the main groups weren't fond of. And as you know, this group became the progenitors of the legend of the, the Skinwalker. These walkers were shamans that could take on the appearance, or at least some semblance, of an animal by wearing selected skins. And if I remember correctly, the Yinabushi made their way up to the northern states, including the Huron Forest region, where they shared practices with local groups like the Ojibwe. Correct. With them came the legend of their abilities perverting over time to stories of invincible wild men of the forests, either cursed or blessed by their gods to stalk the lands with their monstrous figure. That's about where you got to before I had to interrupt you. And that's about where all the info I have in general runs dry. I'm still trying to fill in the gaps. Well, like, like you said, the... Yinabushi shared their practice with the local tribes. How... how much do you actually know about the legend of the Skinwalker? Not a lot. Like you said, they could use animal skins to transform into a... semi-accurate likeness of an animal, but that kind of became twisted over time and grew more... grotesque. So, you're not aware of how the abilities are... granted? In my research, I remember it said a great sacrifice had to be made. One that was seen as a sort of last announcement of humanity. Okay. Now, put a pit in that for a second. What do you know about the Wendigoog? The... The Wendigoog? That's the only word in Mandelbrot's book I wasn't able to find a proper translation for. The one that Reed kept talking about. That makes sense. There's not a proper translation for it because, well, it's not a phrase or a common word. It's more of what we would know as a proper noun, a name. Wendigoag is a plural form. The singular is Wendigo. Wendigo. That sounds familiar. But if I remember my history lessons, isn't it another native legend? Indeed, the Wendigo is a legend that permeates through the northern states and even higher to our neighbors in the north. A malevolent force that haunts the wilds 
almost like a virus that takes hold of those in the forest, often lost and desperate. Those who have, unfortunately, resorted to one of the last means of survival when traveling with a companion. Cannibalism. Oh. Shit. After that line is crossed, the spear begins to manifest itself within the offender, twisting their vestige into something only vaguely reminiscent of the person that they once were. Legends of the appearance vary between regions. Some of the western tales claim it to be a gaunt, almost skeletal humanoid that stalks the forest, blending into the gangling branches of leafless trees. In the case of the region we're dealing with, Michigan, most interpretations are more bestial in appearance. Tall, hulking monsters covered in matted fur with elongated snouts and pointed antlers. Their faces said to resemble the skull of an animal, usually an elk or deer. While they may look different in certain places, the motive remains the same, consume attempt to satiate the eternal bloodlust that they've created by partaking in one of man's greatest sins. That almost sounds like what was described in the book, too. There may be a more clear reason for that than you think. Turning back to the Skinwalker for a moment, you were correct. In order to be granted this ability, it was said that a great sacrifice had to be made against their humanity to receive this. Power. A great many taboos were broken by those who sought this ability, and those practices became common among those as well. Fratricide, necrophilia, incest, all common denouncements of morality. But there was one more that wasn't quite as popular. Let me guess. Cannibalism? Bingo. The consumption of their fellow man, cannibalism was one of the taboos that was least broken. But as the practice spread northward, specifically to groups like the Ojibwe, something got lost in translation. Cannibalism became one of the favorite methods for those few who were arrogant enough to seek the power. And that's where my knowledge of it ends. It's still unknown how the Wendigo spirit was birthed through this perversion, though. Maybe it's the remnants of a powerful deceased shaman. Perhaps the overwhelming rejection of humanity caused nature to fight back, to create this baneful force to infect those who would dare corrupt the gift of life. No matter the reason, however, it's here now. It's in our forests, and I have a damn good hunch that it's what's been causing trouble around here. Fuck. I, I mean, I don't really know what else to say. It certainly lines up pretty well with a lot of what I read and looked into. So what you're saying is... All these disappearances... Reed's attacks... They were all because of... Wendigoog, yes. You... You use the plural. Does that mean that... I have a suspicion that this force has gotten its hands on more than one victim. 
that would explain the multiple disappearances in one day, so close to one another in time frame. From here on out, though, everything is still just a hypothesis. I don't have any definitive proof that there's more than one, or even one, out there, but I have my suspicions. And that's where you come in. Me? I still don't understand. Why me? Well, you've been investigating this enough on your own already, and you have some connections with people tied to the case. You're the best chance at getting physical evidence and information from people. I'm sorry, but if you're forgetting, I'm currently on the lam after running out of the hospital, thanks to the voice in my head. It's not going to be easy, I know. But you've proved to be resourceful enough. You're strong-willed and steadfast in your resolve, Holloway. And from what I've seen, you seem to be quick at making a good impression on people. How long have you been watching me? Not important. What is important is that you probably have more friends out there than you may think. It's up to you to convince them to help. Hey, I guess I've dug my hole this deep. Might as well keep going, huh? Any idea of what I should be doing first? We need to get our hands on the full list of those who went missing in the Huron Forest. But not just any list. It has to be in order of disappearance, chronological. Again, just a theory, but this may be a sort of patient zero scenario here. You mean, whoever went missing first could have caused some sort of chain reaction? Precisely. So I'd say your first stop should be the ranger station. Your pals there might be able to give you what you need without having to go through the FBI or the sheriff. I could probably ask Leighton or Cassie. They've both got access to the office files. Okay. Sounds like we've at least got some sort of plan for the time being. I'm going to go brainstorm some more while you do that. I'll be here if you need me. You act as if you aren't there already. <laughs> okay. Maybe Maria could give me a lift to the ranger station after the diner closes. You've got this, Martin. You've done crazier things in the past few weeks. You've got this. We've got this. Ah. Oh, shoot, I forgot it was still recording. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Martin Holloway.